This is Aaliyah S. King. Hey, what's up? It's Aaliyah S. King. Welcome to Writing Practice. This episode is from March of 2019. There's a lot going on in this episode. I talk about some general rules of fiction, most importantly, setting boundaries to protect your writing time. I believe that you should be able to carve out at least three days a week, an hour each day. And if there's anything getting in the way of that, you need to figure that out before you even start thinking about the quality of your writing. I also spend some time talking about procrastination. And my theory has always been, own it. Don't beat yourself up because you're not writing. Just stop, figure out what's going on, and come back to it. The more you beat yourself up over it, the harder it's going to be to come back. So check out the rules of fiction and setting boundaries. Enjoy. I want to talk about the end of my consults. A couple weeks ago, I posted on Facebook that if you wanted to talk about Anything dealing with writing, whether it's a project you're trying to get off the ground, one that you're trying to finish, anything in between. I opened up my calendar and I said, hey, go for it. 15 minutes, um, we can talk. So uh, I did that. And within like a half an hour, I had 25 um, folks signed up. And um, that was that. So I started a week or so ago. I just did my last consult today. Um, shout out to Randy in Jamaica. Um, I actually do have one more tomorrow. Um, but for the most part, today is it. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about what I learned about what folks are going through and about what I've learned about myself as a writer. Um, number one, we all need a better writing schedule. If you're a part of my, not secret, but I have a private writing group as well called An Hour a Day, Some Kind of Way. Um, and I believe that you should be getting in at least an hour every three, you know, three days a week. And very few of us are doing that. I'm not doing that. Um, as a person who's trying to finish book six, which is hanging up on the wall right there, um, and a lot of folks who are just starting off are also not doing that. Hi, Sharissa. And that comes before everything. Before you tell me your problem with your plot, before you tell me your problem with dialogue, before you tell me about your problem with uh, being uh, motivated or writer's block, before you tell me any of that, what is your writing schedule? How many days a week and for how long each time are you writing for? A lot of people don't have an answer for that. Um, I know what my answer is supposed to be and I don't always do it. Um, I would say 90% of the people that I talked to in the past two weeks do not have a set schedule for writing. You're setting yourself up if you don't. Like how are we even trying to pretend like we're really about this life if we're not setting a schedule for it. You know what else? I spoke to this one woman. I'm not going to call people out by name. That would be kind of me. But I spoke to this one woman who said 
oh, that's easy. I can do that. I can do a couple, you know, three days a week for an hour. And I said, cool. Um, what days of the week do you think would work for you and what time? And as she started to talk it out, she started to sound less and less sure of herself. And then finally she was like, I'm feeling very anxious right now. And I said, what do you mean? She was like, just the idea of saying Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from eight to nine, that time I do have available. But the idea of sitting down to write during that time is freaking me out. And I said, why? And she said, because I, I want my writing to be organic. I want it to just flow when it's going to flow. Ooh, y'all, when y'all start talking to me, about, to me about how you want it to flow, I want to, writing doesn't flow. Writing is not romantic. Writing doesn't cooperate. You have to wrestle it down and make it do what it's going to do. You can't wait for it to happen. That's not how it works. There's no, I want it to be organic. Organic is sitting your ass down three days a week for an hour. That's organic. A schedule is organic. Um, I don't know why we have this. I've talked about this before, but a lot of people have this really romanticized view of what writing is. There is nothing romantic about it. Nothing at all romantic about writing. At least not from my perspective. I've never seen um, I've never written a book that I can look back and say it was such a romantic experience and the stuff just flowed through me. No, brick layer. If you are a writer, you are a bricklayer. You pick up a brick, you put the goopy stuff on it, you put it down. You pick up another brick, you put the goopy stuff on it, you put it down. And you keep doing that until you get to a space where you can see what you're building. That's it. There's nothing super special about it. Why is my, sorry, my laptop is starting to fall back. Um, there's nothing special. There's nothing romantic about that world at all. And a lot of the people I talked to talked about not being motivated, talked about not the characters not speaking to them, talked about um, a lot of things that you have to kind of force through. Um, if you want to wait to be inspired, I don't know what to tell you. It's a really good chance that it's not going to happen for you. Um, there's no waiting and there's no organic nature to writing. Also, and I've said this before too, um, I don't know if my fellow writers would agree with me. Maybe this sounds too harsh, but writing kind of sucks. Um, a young man I talked to his name is Allende. Is that messed up? Should I not be saying people's names? Sorry, I won't say his last name. But Allende said, I don't like writing. I like having written. And that's really what it's about. Like, the process sucks. It's awful. Nobody likes writing. You're just sitting there alone. Uh, uh, uh. There's some parts of it that, to me, it feels like scratching my back. And you get the right spot, and it's like, oh, that feels good. When I feel it flowing, that's what it feels like. But outside of that, there's no part of me that's going through this process and thinking, this is so good. This is so awesome. Okay. Schedule is one thing. Sorry, hold on a second. So scheduling is one thing. The second thing I'm noticing from people is that they're reading their own stuff way too soon. 
don't read your stuff. It's gonna suck no matter what. If you're a hundred, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand words in to something you're working on, don't look back. Just keep writing. Do not look back. You are not a good judge of your work until you get to about 10,000 words. Everyone I spoke to, I said, when you get to 10,000 words, then let me know. Then you can look back and say, this really sucks. Don't trust your own brain at less than 10,000 words. It's just, it's not, don't do it. You don't know. How do you know? It's like when you have a newborn baby. Whether you think the baby's cute or not cute, you're probably wrong. You can't judge. The baby just got here. What do you know? And you're the parent. You can't judge. I think I give myself 10,000 words before I really get critical. I tell myself, just keep writing, just keep writing. How many words you got? 7,000? Keep writing, keep writing. Get to 10,000, print it out, cup of coffee or Diet Coke, which is my new thing now, and read it. And then you can decide what you want to do with it. Mostly, you'll be much happier with it at 10,000 words than you were with it at 2,000 words. Um, I've heard people say, I'm hearing about people tearing up their work, deleting documents when they're only two or 3,000 words in. Please don't do that. Give yourself some time. Also give yourself some discipline. So, okay, number one, let me take notes here. Number one, schedule. We need to all have a better, more firm schedule. Um, I think that you should have three weeks when you're starting a new project where you're only focused on your schedule, where you're literally not writing it. You're just schedule only. Did you make three days a week for an hour? Maybe you were just sitting there looking at it. Did you make your three days a week? You got through week one and you sat down. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you colored. I don't care if you cried. I don't care what you did. As long as you weren't on social media and you sat your butt down at your computer or your notebook for your allotted time, that's a victory. Those of us who can do that, we don't have to worry about being inspired when it's time to start writing. We won't have to worry about that. We already have a routine in place. I think that marathoning comes closest to writing a book in terms of an analogy because you can't say okay the marathon is september 1st you have to map out a schedule long before that and you have to keep it regular you can't run once a week because your body is going to get broke down in between you have to work your body out gradually you can't run oh i'll just run 10 miles every other week no, you have to be focused and you have to have a schedule. Same thing with writing. Um, schedule, trust yourself, trust your words, stop throwing things away, stop changing your mind, stop showing your work to people. Can you please tell every single person in your life who asks you questions about, so when are you gonna write another poem? So when are you gonna write another book? So how is you doing with the writing? You know, I always thought you were a good writer. Can you please tell them to go jump off a Tell them, hey, I'm a creative. We don't work well that way. I'll let you know when I have something for you to read. That's it. Don't answer any more questions about what's going on with you. No. 
It's not good. Because then when we sit down and write, these fingers are cramped up because of what we're hearing other people say. Mm -mm, they got to go. Um, is this set up? Can I see you people? Oh, yeah, I can. Kind of, sort of. Some of these people are green. Some are not. I'm going to not pay attention to that. Except my nephew's there. Hi, Greg. Um, so, and my brother. Hi, Tariq. So, schedule. Trust yourself and give yourself 10,000 words before you decide it's not good, before you decide it's good. Either way, give yourself 10,000. Tell people to step off. Is that like a Generation X thing? Do millennials say step off? I don't think, I don't think so. Hey, Kilo. Kilo, do people still say step off? Or am I showing that I'm old? I don't know. Um, tell people to step off because we don't have time for that. We don't have time to have that kind of judgment on ourselves. And stop showing people your stuff. Do you know why you show people your stuff? You show people your stuff because you don't trust. You want to take a break and get some type of something from someone else. Nothing good comes from that. Because either number one, they say it's great, which they were going to say anyway, and you shouldn't trust them because what do they know? And it's your mom or whatever. You, you're going to give it to somebody that you think is going to like it. Or two, they're going to say it's crap. And if you trust them, you're going to stop working on it or not believe in it. And maybe they shouldn't be believed. There's no good that comes out of showing anyone your work. You shouldn't be showing anyone your work until, my goodness, I want to say till you have a first draft done. I don't even know if you need to be showing people things in progress. I do. But I also have published authors and people directly involved in the industry, like my editor and my agent, who can speak on it. I don't think I'm just giving my stuff to like my mom, who I know is going to say it's good. And I've learned not to give things to my daughter who doesn't have a problem saying, I don't like it. Either way is not the look. So let's wait on that. Cause you know why you're doing that. You're showing it to people so you can get that encouragement you need. The encouragement should only come from you. It can't come from anybody else. Cause you don't even really know whether or not you can trust the person that you're giving it to. What do they know? How do they know what your writing style is or what the book is about? So, that's four. Number one, why are we not on a schedule? Because we procrastinate. Number two, trust yourself. Give yourself 10,000 words before you make a judgment on where your piece is going. Number three, tell your friends and your family and your professor and your babysitters, uncles, godmothers, daughter to step off and leave you alone. Yes, I am a creative, but can you just give me some space? I'm not talking about it right now. Um, my book is laid out in index cards on my wall and it's also laid out on a dry erase board on my wall and people come in and people naturally gravitate towards the wall because it's also my bedroom and it's also my living room. Um, and so I have to say, Hey, Hey, mm -mm. yeah, let's just come on over here. You don't have to. Mm -mm. And I'm fine with that now. I'm fine with telling people, hey, I'm not really talking about this quite yet. Um, you know, the book I'm working on now, uh, I did send it out and I did get good feedback when I was early on. Max is on the line now. Max is one of the people I sent this exact same book to in a different, semi-different form. 
many, 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 many years ago. Um, and it was helpful, but I was also pretty far along in the process at that point. But even that, I probably wouldn't do that again. I kind of just got to fight through it. Let's see what this says. Yes. Yes, my girl. Miss mm -mm. Diaz, no. She was my student, Elizabeth High School, many years ago. Now she's grown up. Um, and she says, I have an editing issue where I feel like I need to edit while writing instead of afterwards. And oftentimes, next people's my thought, don't edit while you're writing. Don't ever do that. Get the words down, come back to it later. Get the words down, come back to it later. Every writing session should be separate. If I'm the boss of you, if I'm your writing coach, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for an hour, you write, you don't get to read any of that. If it were up to me, I would take all that from you and have you would have no access to it. All you would know is where to start. Okay, you end it with, and then she jumped off a building. Go, that's it. What are you looking back for? Nothing good comes out of that. Nothing good comes out of that. There will come a time, maybe every couple chapters, where you can say, all right, let me just make sure I'm going in the right direction. Sure. But if you sit down and write, and the first thing you do is look back at what you wrote before, you got to, if you're strong enough to read it just to keep going and not to make changes, that's great. Most of us are not. I will skim it. I will skim the last day's session, like, okay, just to know where I'm going today, not to see if I like it or see where it's going. Um, I'll skim the chapter before, and then it's time to go. Um, it's, time to, it's time to get busy. So schedule, for those of you who are just coming in, we're going to work on our schedule. I like three days a week for at least an hour, but whatever works for you. I do believe you should have some type of... Um, time in between. I don't recommend a Sunday all day long. I'd rather you do a half an hour over the course of a couple days than marathoning. Marathoning is not a good look. You don't write your best work in a marathon and it's not sustainable. So sure, you wrote 5,000 words in a weekend, but is that sustainable? Are you going to write 5,000 words the next weekend? You're not. So I'd rather see small progress. I'd rather see 5,000 words over the course of a month that will turn into 50,000 words, you know, soon after. Um, so schedule, don't do anything, don't throw away anything, don't edit anything until you get to 10,000 words, at least. Hi, Kia. At least. Um, three, tell people to step off and stop criticizing you. Um, and four, what else did I learn from folks? Um, I think those are the most influential ones. There's so much fear behind writing. Why are we so afraid? I am too. I have my own fear. I heard so much fear from folks. You know, I heard fear of setting the right boundaries. Um, one woman I spoke to, we were trying to figure out the right schedule. And she was saying, you know, it can't be, I would like to write at home, but it just can't be because my partner, um, hi, Zanea, my niece just joined. My partner takes up a lot of space. There's a lot of stuff around. There's a lot of things going on. And if I sit down to write, I'm going to get interrupted by my partner. So those days and times don't work. And then my therapy self came out. And I was like, wait a minute. The dates and times that work for you 
in the space that works for you, you're not going to implement that because your partner would not allow you to have that space and time. And you can't set boundaries so that you can write during the space and time that you want to. I don't want to be nobody's therapist, but there's a problem if you're telling me that your partner, a grown person, cannot be taught to leave you alone for three days a week for one hour. And she wasn't the only one. There were other folks who said, oh, I can't do it this day. I can't do it this time because there's this, or my daughter has this, and my husband has this, and my wife has this. I get it. We all have different schedules and we all have to be busy. But I heard a lot of people who are not willing to take time for themselves, but take time for others in their life and do not set boundaries. Writing a book is as much about setting boundaries to get it done as it is your talent as a writer. If I'm going to build a writer, I want that writer to have the ability to set boundaries. That is more important than being able to be a good writer, is setting the boundaries around who you are with to know that. Um, I had to do that, you know, with my daughters, particularly the youngest one. She knows if she comes into my space and it's a certain time of day and I got a certain type of face on and I'm sitting right here at this kitchen counter, she knows what it is. Turn your butt around, get that Pop-Tart out of the top, get that ladder because you can't reach it, get the Pop-Tart and go have a seat. Thank you, good night. Um, but it's still difficult. It's very difficult to set the boundary. I wanna share something about boundary setting. Um, there was a school play or something, some kind of activity going on at my daughter's school and it was during a really tough time for me trying to finish my book. And I really wasn't getting up to do much of anything but go to the bathroom and eat something. But I had to go to her play, of course. So I found out that the play was during the day and there was one at night. So I said, perfect. I'll go to the one during the day. Boom, bop, bit. I got to take her to school anyway. And then I'll come home. Um, and then at night, I'll work. So I went to the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, yeah. And then she said, okay, so I'll see you tonight. And I said, I won't be here tonight. I came to the afternoon play specifically because I need to write tonight. And she said, well, mom, the night one is the best one. This was just the one for the kids. Tonight, grandma's gonna be there and dad's gonna be there and sissy. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be there. But I did come to this one and I really enjoyed it. And I went home and I cried. And I thought, you're the worst mother ever. How do you go just to the first play and not to the nighttime play where everyone's gonna be? even though I did go see the play. So I didn't go. I stayed my butt home, not so much because I had writing to do, but because I have to protect the boundary of my space and time as often as I possibly can. Because if I let it go for that one, I'm gonna let it go for the stub toe she has. And then I'm gonna let it go because her little calico critter people need a new home. So can we go please get them a new home? It starts to build up quickly. I didn't go, um, and I felt, I felt terrible. So fast forward, and we're all talking about the play that's coming up this week. And I'm going to the play, and I said, you know, I'm gonna go to the nighttime one because, you know, I know that you didn't like the fact that I didn't come 
to the nighttime one last time. What did she say? You didn't? No, remember? I had to write. So I came to the midday one and you weren't happy. No, mom, you were totally at the nighttime one. I remember, you were there, weren't you? It was like four months ago, y'all. She didn't care. She wanted me to skip out on what I set my boundaries to do. And she doesn't even remember that I wasn't there. That's the message right there, that we often dive into making sure we're there for everyone except ourselves. Um, so I'm gonna work on that too, because I heard a lot of folks that I spoke to, we need to set some much better boundaries with our children, with our partners, with our jobs, all of it. Um, if we don't, there's no way we're gonna be able to complete projects. Um, okay, so I think that's it. I just kind of want it before I forget, um, you know I'm probably gonna write a 10,000 word post as well, but before I forget, I wanted to share that, some of the things that I got. I wanna thank everyone that I spoke to, every single person, you know, a lot of folks were thankful to me for taking out the time and I do appreciate that, but you were all helpful for me as well. Um, I need to get up out of, you know, this little cobweb apartment that I'm in that I never leave, especially when I'm working on something. I need to talk to people. Sometimes I can go an entire day without speaking to a single soul, seriously, seriously. I could wake up in the morning, live my life and go to bed at night having not said anything to anyone except for, I think this is Mrs. Something or another. I can't remember her name. That's it. So it's good for me to talk to folks too. And I love to hear that everybody's going through the same stuff I'm going through. We're all going through it together. This one woman was like, you know, Toni Morrison, you know that by the time she gets to where she is in life, you know, she knows her power and she knows her talents. And I was like, listen, Toni Morrison doubts her work, just like I doubt mine, just like you doubt yours. She does not complete a, a paragraph or a chapter and say, this is my best work. Toni's been popping since 1970s. She still, she still has doubt. That's a normal, natural thing. She has still has doubts. She still has to work her way through her doubts to get something done, um, just like the rest of us do. So it doesn't matter if you are Tony or Terry or whoever you are, you have doubts and you have fears. You gotta work through them, we all do. How to work through them? Set a schedule. Schedules help in anything. It'll help you run, it'll help you um, swim, if you learn how to swim, <laughs> schedules help you get anything done. You have to set a schedule and you have to keep it. And yes, I'm talking to myself as well because I'm not on a schedule right now. Uh, I'm definitely on a chase down the writing time. If you put yourself in a situation where you're going to chase down the writing time, you will never, ever catch it. Ever. Ever. It will always be elusive to you. You will never be able to catch writing time if you don't have it already situated. Because let me tell you something, even when you have it situated, it can disappear on you. You know, like I could be sitting down tonight at 7.18, I'm going to work on my novel at around eight o'clock. 
But what if something happens and my daughter, who's not here with me right now, what if she gets hurt at eight o'clock? I'm not that bold. Then I'm gonna be like, ooh, hit by a truck. But it's my writing time, so smart. No, I gotta go. There's gonna be enough times where you can't even keep your schedule because life gets in the way. So if you don't set a schedule and you just let life get in the way, period. Setting a schedule is the only thing I'm gonna push you on. Everything else, that was the fifth thing. Everything else is secondary. The other thing, stop letting secondary stuff push you off your goal. Do you know how many people's question to me was, what are your thoughts on self-publishing? And I would say, before I answer that, where are you with your book? Are you done? Well, no, I have the first two chapters done, but I put it down because I'm thinking, how am I going to market this? How about you call me when you're done? A lot of times the publishing, the marketing, the promotion, we allow that to take us off track. I do it too. I call, I'll call my agent or my editor and say, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? She works at Simon & Schuster now. I wonder what that's going to mean. Should we publish, should we send her my book? Maybe, Aaliyah. Is your book done? Oh, no. But I was just reading in the Publishers Weekly, and they were, no, Aaliyah, finish your book, and we'll talk about publishers. A lot of people were asking me about business stuff, y'all, which is fine, of course, if you have those questions, but I want to hear those questions from people who have their books done and are wondering what they should do next, because I can answer those questions for you. But my bigger question is, did you finish the book? Are you halfway done with the book? Three quarters? Don't worry about that. All those things will sort themselves out when it's time. Because that is another reason why you're not focused. Because you're thinking about the business side instead of the creative side. And it's hard to do those two things at the same time. Finish the book. Finish the book. Write the end. Finish the book. What's the next thing to do? Finish it, right the end. And then you'll figure out, should I go to a, you know, a traditional publisher? Should I self-publish? All that stuff. But none of that should be running through your mind while you're trying to complete it. Because none of that matters while you're trying to complete it. You just need to write it. You need to write the book. The hardest part of all of it, the scariest part of all of it, is actually writing the book and not getting pushed off with other secondary things. And I think this applies to any creative endeavor. You know, if you flip houses, you gotta do the work in the house before you can figure out the next step. No matter what it is that you do, you have to get the thing done first, the icky thing. And as I said, writing a book is very icky. It ain't cute, it's not romantic, it's not fun. I don't wanna say it's horrible, I'll just say it's not fun. And if you want to write a book because you think that it's fulfilling, it's only fulfilling when you're done. I'm sobbing like a baby when I get to the end of a book. Like, it is one of the most joyous feelings. It's very similar to giving birth, except less painful. Um, it feels wonderful, but during the process, Mm-mm, no, not really. Wait, I'm supposed to be done. Okay, if 
I'm gonna look through this and see if there's questions in here. If you have a question, this is your moment. And if not, I'm out of here. I'm procrastinating right now, by the way. Procrastination is not a bad thing, as long as you own it. I'm procrastinating. I'm giving myself several more minutes to procrastinate, and then that's it. So it's okay to procrastinate. It's okay to say, I'm putting this book down. Don't beat yourself up if you procrastinate. Just set a time. Whether that's one more minute or one more year. Better to be honest with yourself that you're not there than to just keep forcing it, forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. Every week saying, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do it. Anyway, that's fine. I needed a moment. That's okay. We have to be the stewards of what's important to us. That's what Max said. And that's the diagonal truth right there. And she's got twins. So she can tell you something about being a steward. Um, hey, James. Yes, y'all. Ooh, James, can I, can I blow your spot up? Can I use your story as an example right now? If not, I totally understand. But I just really, James is one of the folks that I spoke to. And what I suggested to him is something that I would suggest to a lot of folks. But I don't want to be all blown up his front and talking about what we talked about. So, um, Patrick, you're welcome, Patrick. Heather, I love you, Heather. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say this one last thing um, because James has given me permission to. Um, this is for nonfiction folks because um, James is working on some really great nonfiction stuff. And what I noticed, I'm really surprised, is that folks are not doing the same level of research that I would like to see um, for nonfiction and fiction, quite frankly. So I asked James to go to the local library and learn how to use a microfiche machine. And hopefully everybody on this thread knows what that is. Let me see. But I'm gonna say most of the people know what microfiche is and how important it is. Um, but a lot of us don't and you need to learn. So if you don't know what microfiche is and you are a writer, I don't care if it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever, take your butt to your local library and tell the librarian, I'm interested in Diet Coke in the 1960s, if that were a thing. Where can I find about newspaper articles that were written about it? They're gonna take you to the microfiche area and you're gonna see not a Google search, not Wikipedia, you're gonna see the actual newspaper articles written about that topic during, their during that time period. It will bring your writing to life in so many ways, in so many ways. If you're doing a period piece or if you just want to feel your character, go to the library, microfiche, M-I-C-R-O-F-I-C-H-E, I think. Do some research there. If you are a journalist, if you are a journalism major and you are not wearing out shoe leather when working on a story as a friend's professor once told him, I'm not messing with you. I don't understand people who research and don't get up. The research is not on your computer. That's a start, but you gotta get up. You gotta knock on doors. You gotta talk to people. Um, I don't know if Maya Norton is in the house, but I once hired her um, years ago. I was doing a story on the death of Diddy's daddy. And 
uh, Sean Combs's history is in the Baltimore area and I couldn't get there to see if I could find his family. So Maya was in that area and I hired her to go around to the different bars and uh, restaurants of that time to see if we could figure out where Sean Combs's dad used to hang out. Um, and she was able to get me some information. She wasn't able to locate people, but she gave me enough to add that texture to my story. Somebody better be on the ground walking around to get some information. I'm not interested in reading a story that just was born and bred on your laptop and it didn't involve any part of you getting your butt up and going out into the world to see where your story is and to get some true, not just screen grabs um, for your story. That's just me. I'm also older. I was going to say old. I was, I'm also older and I've been writing for 20 years, but I still appreciate that. I still appreciate some real extra research. And microfiche isn't even extra. That's just what it needs to be. If you're in the New York area, the New York Library, uh, the main branch research room is just a wonder. It is just a wonder. And the people there are so amazing. They will help you find anything you want. Can I, can I say one thing about that? I know I'm getting off topic, but I'm gonna say this and I only have two minutes left. Um, I went to the microfiche room when I was doing the story on Diddy's Daddy, and I just looked at the Amsterdam News, which was the black newspaper um, in the Harlem area during that time. And I knew that if Puff's dad or mom have been as high society as I heard they have been, they would have had a mention in the Amsterdam News. So I didn't know when for sure, but I just went from Puff's birth up until uh, whenever, and I just went through the Amsterdam News issue after issue, my eyes were like bleeding. And when I saw this one story that says, Harlem wife supports fashion show. And then it said, Janice Combs, wife of Melvin Combs, offered a door prize at this evening's fashion show. And I was like, and it just gave me all these details about her and um, I could just tell it was like a little, uh, um, a little tiny puppy was given away as a door prize. And I'm like, that tells me so much about her, but she's giving away a puppy as a door prize. Um, just that one little story. I don't even know if I mentioned anything about it in the story, but it was worth it. I understood who she was and her name in the story was Mrs. Melvin Combs. And I was like, okay, this is the type of world that she lived in. She was Mrs. Melvin Combs. Um, and then I found a story written when he passed away and it said, with her son at her side, Mrs. Combs was draped in chinchilla. What? I almost fell out my chair in that library when I saw that line. That's, they wrote my story for me. With her son at her side, age three, she was draped in chinchilla at the right. Of course she was, because she is Mrs. Melvin Combs. Um, so those two stories that took me probably hours to get, it was worth it just for those two stories alone. Um, so my point being, can you please like, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, can you kind of go outside and hi and talk to some folks? I would appreciate that. I need you to do that. Okay. Um, hey, Porsche. 
Um, I think that's it for me. Are there any more questions? I want to make sure there are no more questions. Um, half an hour, an hour for at least three days. Making small attainable goals have given me less anxiety. And ironically, it's becoming, yes, yes. I recently joined a women's writing group and it has broken so many psychological fears. Wow, this is awesome. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm all about the writing groups, all about the writing groups. I've yet to find one for myself. I like to do stuff online. I probably need to work on that. Okay, I'm done. Um, I hope I was helpful. I will be offering my 15 minute consults again, probably in another four months. There, it's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. I love it and it's cool and I feel like it's a great way for me to give back, but it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. So I'm done for a bit. Um, but obviously I'm always like super high end. I'm always super available. You know, everybody has my email, aliasking at gmail.com. I'm here on Facebook all the time. So, um, I'm pretty accessible when it comes down to it. Okay. I'm out. Bye guys.